what's gone gone correct up there. Somewhere, there it is, it's my iPad. <coughs> Let's go to, where should we go? Anyone got any ideas? <laughs> Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. How many of you understand when you look in the scriptures and in the word that the Bible compares or likens the, the, the flow and the move of the Holy Spirit to things like water and wind? Is that new information to all of you? Hello? You guys are welcome to respond. Ask a question. What, what happens when I ask a question? Just like that. Speak up a little bit. Speak up. <laughs> Don't be shy. So, so the, the, the Bible likens the, the, the move and the flow of the Holy Spirit to, to a number of different things. For example, to, to water or a river. Anyone ever, ever, anyone ever heard that? And, and also to, to wind, the move of the Holy Spirit likened to wind. Now, what do both wind and a river have in common? They both flow. They both move. See, there's, there's, the Holy Spirit is not just likened to air. There's air in here, but there's no wind. See, air is stationary. Now, you see, obviously, there's air in the wind, but it's the movement. And, and that's, that's one of the keys to wind. And the same thing with a river. The Holy Spirit's not likened to a dam or a lake. Not that I'm aware of. Anyone know in the scripture where he's likened to just being a lake? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, not that I'm aware of. But he's, like, he's likened to rain. Again, I, I don't know about you, but I've never seen stationary raindrops hanging in, in, in midair. Maybe in Hollywood movies. Certainly not in real life. Have you? Rain moves. Rivers move. They flow. So do you think that by likening the, the, the Holy Spirit to things that move, God's trying to show us something. Does the Holy Spirit just want to be stationary? Does the Holy Spirit just want to sit passively doing nothing? Or is he a mover? He's a mover. And again, anyone here ever done sailing? You ever been in a boat? I was never that good at sailing. I could swim, never good at sailing. But, you know, a sail, a, a, someone who sails has to learn how to navigate the water and the wind, don't you? And, 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 and you know, if you want to go a different direction to, to the wind, then you've got to know how to do that. 
But we don't want to go a different direction to the Holy Spirit, do we? So if you're going to, if, if the Holy Spirit is moving and flowing, what should we be doing? We should be, it, it, does he move and flow while we stay stationary? Is that what he wants? Now, I, I, I've got some specific things I'm going to talk about tonight. But, but, but I want us to be thinking about the move and the flow of the Holy Spirit. Because I don't know about you, how many of you want to see more of the move and the flow of the Holy Spirit? How many of you are hungry for more? I believe that there's hungry people in this room. And, 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 you know, I believe in this nation, we want to see more of the move of the Holy Spirit. But I was, I was thinking recently, and some of you might know who said this, but about 30 years ago, somewhere, I don't know the exactly when, when, but somewhere around 30 years ago, God spoke to a minister. He said something to a particular minister's heart, and it was this. He says, there, there is a move of the Holy Spirit that will be lost to this generation unless they are taught. Anyone ever heard that before? I was thinking about that recently because I, I remember hearing that 30 years ago. And I thought, oh, no, 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 we don't want that to happen. How many of you want to move to, 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 to because you don't understand it, because we don't know how to flow with the Holy Spirit. How many of you want to miss out on some of the move and the flow of the Holy Spirit? Anyone here? I don't believe any of us. We want the flow. We want the move and the flow of the Holy Spirit. But you know what? I was thinking about that statement recently, because like I said, I, I remember in the early days when it was first said. Again, I don't know the exact date, but 30 years ago, I heard that. And I began to think to myself just recently, I began to think, 30 years. That's, that's almost a generation. That means that statement was said almost a generation ago, depending on how, how long you, 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 you see a, a generation at. Some people 40 years, some 50, some 60, some 100, you know, whatever a generation is. But 30 years into, what, was the, what did God say? There is a move of the Spirit that will be lost to this generation unless they are taught. Taught what? Taught where the dinosaurs came from? Taught, taught how to, you know, taught, taught church doctrine and, and, and personal opinions? Taught what? The word, but specifically about how to flow with the Holy Spirit. And, and I thought to myself, we're almost a generation into that statement. And then I began to think to myself, I think that statement's come to pass more than we realize. Now, we need, we, we need to understand some things. We need to realize, I personally believe a lot of Christians these days do not know how to flow with the Holy Spirit. A lot of churches, we've lost something. There's a move and a flow of the Holy Spirit that just doesn't seem to be happening in a lot of environments anymore. And then that's why I began to think that we've got, we're almost a generation into this statement. And, and again, I'm not building my whole sermon on that statement. We're going to look at the word now. So we want to build it on the word. And people can judge whether this person got it right or got it wrong. But, but, but I believe they were speaking something out that God had put on their hearts. And, and the more I've looked at it, the more I've began to realize I think they got it right. I think there's some things that 
that we're beginning to lose and we've lost even in the last decade or two in many churches. We've become more entertaining. <laughs> we, 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 we've, 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 we've got more superstars amongst us. But, but, but there doesn't seem to be as much move and flow as there. I, I remember there being more of a flow. I don't know about you, but how many of you have been around church, church long, time, long enough? And, and, and there were times when there was just a move and a flow of the Spirit. And, and people were just in worship, would just sing in tongues. And, and, the, and there would just be this, you could sense that flow in that river. And, and I'm sorry, you know, again... I'm not saying every church, every ministry, and I believe there are some that do have the move and flow of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so this isn't, I'm not, criti- I'm not mentioning names, am I? I'm not pointing at certain church. I'm just talking generally. But as a teacher of the word, I, sometimes if I've got to speak out about some things, I've got to speak out. And, 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 and I, but I personally, and, and as I travel around this country, and I'm doing it more and more, we're traveling more and more, I'm getting more and more Christians coming to me and, and, and the things they're saying are confirming what I've just said. There's not as much flow. There's not as much move in many churches. So what's wrong? Well, we need to look at this. How many of you want the flow back? How many of you want the move and the flow of the Holy Spirit in our churches? I want it to be an environment where the river is flowing and where the wind of the Spirit is flowing. I'm not just, I don't just come to church to, to hear a person and hear a man and a woman and, 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 and look at a nice polished, polished worship band. I don't have a... You can have a polished worship band and have the flow of the Spirit. I'm not, saying you, I'm not saying it's either or, but you can also be so polished that you rely on your own ability and you have no flow. And, and on the other side of things, again, I've said a few things about the, 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 the band. Let's say some things about the people. We've gotten so many places, we've gotten to the stage, I said it at the start before we did some worship, we've gotten to the stage where we need everything led from the front. If they don't tell us, put your hands up, we don't put our hands up. Let's stand up on our feet and lift our hands. Oh, okay. What song are we singing next? And the song comes to an end and everyone starts looking at each other like, are we going to start the next song now? We don't know what to do in between songs anymore. We used to sing in tongues for 10 minutes. Now we just like, let's get the next song going. Uh, is this just me? I'm, I'm maybe exaggerating a little bit. But, 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 but the, people just don't seem to know how to just flow in free worship anymore without someone telling them, let's all sing in tongues now. And a lot of, a lot of places, they don't even do that anymore. I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied with that. I'm hungry for the flow. I'm hungry for the river to flow. Are you? I want the river of God and the move of the Spirit in the United Kingdom. So, 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 so again, what, 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 what was that statement? There's a move of the Spirit that will be lost to this generation 
unless they are taught. Do you think we need, we need, to, we need to learn again? We need to learn how to flow, how to recognize the move of the Spirit, how to respond to the move of the Spirit, how to be responsive to the Holy Spirit again. I think, I think we need to teach people about how to do this again through, through, it, through the Word and then also through some example. I mean, have you noticed after singing a few, a few songs, people start to get bored and, 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 and think, okay, when's it, when they're going to end the worship now and we need to get on to the preaching, I've got, a, you know, I've got a chicken in the oven. Where we used to just be quite happy to just enjoy the presence of God and worship and go from what, no, and no rush. I'm not talking about just keeping people around just for the sake of keeping people around and there's no move of the Holy Spirit and it's just your flesh keeping them around. <laughs> that happens too. But I'm talking about sometimes, sometimes people, people are uncomfortable if it goes quiet. I used to be quite happy to sit quietly for 10 minutes and just enjoy the presence of God. Now, if it's been quiet for 30 seconds, they start, is he going to start the next song or what's happening next? People start opening their eyes, looking around. Is it just me? Or do you, do you think we just seem to have lost some of these things? Now, I, 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 I do not believe, I do not believe that God turned the river off. I, people say, Lord God, send your spirit, pour out your spirit. We need the move of the spirit. I've, I've come to this realization. God never stopped pouring out and moving his spirit. You know what happened? We shut the flow down. There's a lot of environments where, where it got shut down. Man started to control it. Man started to get in. Man started to, so, sometimes maybe they were afraid. How, how many of you? How many of you, uh, just, okay, we don't need testimonies. I won't ask for how many of you. But how many of you know sometimes you get people who are afraid of water? <clears throat> don't, don't need testimonies. Talking about water. I think I left mine at the back there. <laughs> it's all right. I've got, I've got a little bit of the coffee left, and then I'll come for the water in a minute. How many, how many of you know that you get people who are afraid of water and, and they don't mind going, um, you know, to the beach. I grew up by the beach. I miss the beach. Anyone grow up by the beach? You can only really appreciate it when you grew up by it. I grew up in the tropical, right on the Durban coastline in South Africa. Where did you grow up? Sorry? Jamaica. It's lovely. I just, I miss beaches like that. Anyway, beside the point. <laughs> but... <laughs> But, 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 you know, you, 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 I remember as a child, we'd go out in the waves, and the water can be quite rough. I don't know what it's like in Jamaica, but Durban sometimes gets some really, and I'd get sucked under the waves, and you'd be like this, spinning around as a child under there, thinking you're going to drown, and you feel my father kind of pull me out, you know? And then you go back in again, and you want to get back in and go swim again, you know? Thank you so much. And, um, but, but, you know, Sometimes you get people who are afraid of the water and, and, and they'll go and they'll put their toe in 
and they'll stand there and they're beautiful. You know, everyone else is out there swimming and they, they stand there and they, they're just like, you know, ankle deep. And you say, come, come on, come and swim. And they go, no, I'm all right, I'm all, I'm all right, I'm in the water, I'm okay. Yeah, it's in the water. <laughs> you see, they're afraid of, of, of going deeper. Why? Wow, they're afraid of what will happen. They're afraid it might go wrong. They're afraid I might get stuck out there. They're afraid I might lose control. I wonder if some of those fears are why people started shutting down the move of the Holy Spirit and became content with being ankle deep and not really wanting the flow of the Spirit. Because when the Spirit moves, sometimes we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. And, 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 and we get uncomfortable with that. So we get afraid. So it's a lot easier to just shut it down and stick with the program. And control it because we might lose control if the Holy Spirit begins to flow. Now they might not acknowledge that. What they'll say is, well, the Bible says do everything decently and in order. They'll use scripture for it. And that becomes their justification for shutting everything down. Now, if you read that passage where he said, do everything decent in, uh, decently in order, nowhere in that passage does he say, shut down the move of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't say, stop it. So, oh, yes, but you know, we used to have things happen in our church, but then the flesh manifested. And people got in the flesh. We had fleshly prophecies. So we decided we won't have prophecies anymore. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, because a few people yield to the flesh, that you must shut down the move of the Holy Spirit. What should happen is you should teach people how to recognize the truth and train people how to respond to the true move of the Holy Spirit. But you see, out of fear of a little bit of flesh manifesting, the solution is shut it all down and take control. Now we wonder, we come 10 years later, we wonder why there's very little move of the river of the, of the flow of the Spirit a lot, a lot of time in our churches. It's not because God shut, the, shut it down. Because people started to try and take control out of fear. And flesh got involved. See, they were afraid that the flesh might get involved in some fleshly prophecies. So in the flesh... They took control by their own flesh and shut down the move of the Spirit. You see what I just said? They were so afraid of the flesh that they actually got in the flesh themselves and shut down. Nowhere does the Bible say shut down the move of the Holy Spirit. Because you're afraid of something. See, people are afraid to go ankle deep. They're afraid to go waist deep. They're afraid to swim in, in, the, in the move of the Spirit because, well, you, well, you know what will happen. So it's a lot easier to create an environment where everything's just neatly controlled. From one song to the next, we've got it all in order, and then at the end we'll say, wasn't the presence of God lovely? But there was no flow, or very minimal flow. Ankle deep flow, maybe. I don't know about you, I'm not satisfied with that. I want the move and the flow of the Holy Spirit. I, I didn't come to church 
to, 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 to just be impressed by man. Let's look at some things. In 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter somewhere. Chapter 3. <laughs> I know I was in there somewhere. I want, I, want, I want the real presence of God. I used to hear phrases when I was growing up. It's a little bit different to my normal messages, but this is what's on my heart. Is that all right? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak some things out. We need the river of God flowing again. Which means we've got to remove the things that stop that river flowing in the first place. And we've got, to, we, 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 we've got to become hungry for the flow of the Spirit. Okay? I, I, I don't want the fake. I don't want the lookalike. I don't want the imitation move of the Spirit. I want the real thing. Anyone here want the real thing? Well, then, then we've, got to, we've got to start getting hungry for some things. We've got to stop being afraid. And we've got to be taught. And we've got to be, teach people how to, how to recognize the true and the false. And how to... Sometimes I wonder if I should say some things. I start to say it in the pulpit and then I think, do I really have the boldness to say that? And then I think, should I, shouldn't I? And then I come to the conclusion... Just do it anyway. I don't have a reputation to protect. We'll just say it. And if they don't like it and trash my reputation, I'll just go, I never had a reputation anyway. <laughs> you're, you're in 1 Corinthians 3. Let's do something else quickly. Let's say it. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians tw uh, 12. I... I I just, I've got a lot of notes, and I'm just going to say the bits I need to say, and then it will leave part two for another meeting somewhere else. We'll do whatever, yeah? Is that all right with you? We'll just say the bit we're going to say, and, 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 you know, I don't even know. I think it's streaming, and I think the sound's streaming, but, you know, if we get lots of nasty comments because, you know, whatever, sometimes the truth hurts. I say to, I say to people, you know, if we tread on your toes... It's all right. God will heal you. Heal those toes. But we've got to have the boldness to speak out some things. And if it means I've got to function a little bit in a place where I'm not popular with every preacher, I don't really mind. Don't bother me. Okay. One Corinthians chapter twelve. Let's just look at a few things here. I'm just going to randomly jump around a little bit, and we'll just say what needs to be said on for tonight. Everyone there in one Corinthians twelve? You should have had time to get there. Verse four. You've probably heard these, heard these before, these verses. This is the, ver the verses about the, the gifts of what we call the gifts of the Spirit. I like to call them the gifts and the manifestations of the Spirit rather than just gifts, yeah? Some people call them gifts. Other people, other different groups have different names for them. But 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4, there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. So, can someone tell me in the, in the three verses that we've just read, who is mentioned? Who? Person. Who? Okay, God. Does it mention anyone else? So, it's, it, verse 4, the Spirit. The Lord in verse 5, verse 6, God, or we, maybe we could say Father, whichever. 
That's not where I want to focus right now. Notice he's not mentioned. Is there any mention in there of a human being? No, there's no mention, is there? Let's keep reading. Keep that thought in mind. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit. The manifestation of? The manifestation of? So who, who's, who's manifesting is it about to talk about? The Spirit's manifesting. Is there a manifestation of the Spirit? Is there such a thing? What is a manifestation? Manifestation basically means something shows up. Something visible, something happens, a demonstration. These are other words that are used. Is there such a thing as the manifestation of the Spirit? Does the Spirit manifest? Do we want the manifestation of the Spirit? What kind of things happen when the Spirit manifests? I'm hearing miracles, I'm hearing demons flee, I'm hearing, okay. Yeah, people get set free. Are we satisfied with how much manifestation of the Spirit we're currently getting? That's the answer I was hoping you'd say. If you'd said yes, I'd say you're in the wrong meeting. <laughs> I'm not satisfied with how much manifestation of the Spirit is currently happening. Do you think God wants to manifest more? Okay, good. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. This is the first time he's mentioned people. He's given to each one. That's people, yeah? Would you agree with me? Am I reading instead? This is now in drawing in the human beings, yes? The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So... If there is a manifestation given to me, for example, is it for my benefit? Well, if you include me in the all, yes. But, but do I get the prophetic gift so that I can make a big name for myself? What, what's the purpose of that manifestation of the Spirit? It's for the profit of? All. Not just for me, okay? But now let's keep going. Verse 8. For to one human being is given the word of the Spirit, sorry, sorry, the word of wisdom. What are the next couple of words after the word of wisdom? Through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge. How? Through the Spirit. Notice the repetition. You're going to see this a few times. To another faith. You read it. By the same spirit. Do you see the, the repetition here? What's being repeated? By the spirit. Through the spirit. To another gifts of healings. By the spirit. To another word. And now he stops doing that. Just for the next few, to, an, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kind of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But what, now, now, now verse 11, but one and the same, who? Head of the denomination. 
<laughs> who, who decides? The, the same spirit works all these things. Works all, all what things? The things we've just read. Healings, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. All of these things, yeah? So, who decides who gets what? And who, who, who works these things, demonstrates these things? <clears throat> Who's ha who, who decides? Now, you understand, we've got to yield to the Spirit. He's not going to just come and take you over. But, 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 but there's an important point here. I want you to realize something. Who is directing things here? Who decides who gets what manifestation? Let's keep reading. But, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he. Your translation says determines. Mine says wills. So he makes the determination. It's in his hands. It's up to him. So who... Let's even think a bit broader than this passage. Who raises up? And who anoints? Who appoints and who calls? Who gives gifts? Who decides who does what? So who, who should be directing these things? Is it up to me to decide what you get? Is it up to me to decide you don't get? Is it up to me to shut down what the Spirit's trying to do in your life? No. No. Now let's look at something else. That, this, this, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Go to chapter 14. This is, only, this is in the same passage, the same chapters, same flow. He's still talking about the same basic things. This is just about a chapter and a half later. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 26. Everyone there? How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, what, what's the next phrase? Each of, who's he talking to? Believers, us. But when you come together, each of you, has what? Is this just a song you decided to write at home out of your own head? Where'd that song come from? It's by the Spirit, isn't it? Has a teaching. Is this just a teaching you prepared in your own time? No, he's not talking natural things here. Has a tongue. Has a revelation. Has an interpretation. What's the next phrase? Pause. Don't read the whole thing. Let all be, let all things be shut down. Because we only want certain people to, to, get, to, to, to prophesy. Let all things be 
done. Yes, the next for edification. Do you get the idea? He wants people flowing with the gifts and manifestations and things that the Spirit is bringing into their life. Or do you get the impression he wants them shut down and only three people allowed to do them in the church? Now, if each has, and 90% of each who has are not being allowed to flow with that, that sounds a little bit like control to me. Who decides who gets what? That sounds a little bit, oh, yeah, 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 but, but you, you know, you, you make all the excuses you like. Yeah, I'm talking to you on the camera. Make all the excuses you like, but stop shutting down the flow in the move of the Holy Spirit. You start shutting it down, not letting certain things happen. Oh, but you know, yes, but three people prophesied and got in the flesh. There goes your fear again because you don't want to go past ankle deep into waist deep because you're afraid what will start happening when people start flowing with the spirits. So the quickest, easiest route is shut it down and call it doing decently and in order. I want the move of the Holy Spirit. And if the Spirit decides there are things He wants to bring through people's lives, then those people need to be enabled and allowed to flow and develop. Yes, taught. Of course taught. We want them to do it maturely. We want them to grow. I understand all that. But getting them to do it with maturity is not the same as shutting it all down. Teach them. Amen? Let's go, let's go back where I was going to go. I think half of them have probably turned the video off now. <laughs> oh dear. Maybe I should just go back to teaching basic doctrine. It's much more comfortable, and then you don't have to say things like this. But I am concerned. I am concerned that we are not seeing the flow and the move of the Spirit like I remember 10 years ago. Now, I know God wants a, a move in a revival and awakening now. But that flow of the Spirit just doesn't seem to be happening in a lot of places. And it, again, I'm going to say it's not because God turned the river off. Because blockages were put in the river. Now let's go back, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 3. Verse 5. Everybody there? 1 Corinthians 3 verse 5 says this. Who then is Paul? Now who's, by the way, who's writing this? Anyone know who's writing this? Paul is the one writing this, yeah? Who is Paul anyway? We call him the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul. And I know he, he referred to himself as an apostle as well. But, but, but notice what he says here. Who, who is Paul, anyway? Who, who is Paul? Is Paul blowing his trumpet? Hey, I'm Paul, everybody. I'm Paul, give me the front seat. 
Or, or, or is his attitude, who is Paul anyway? I'm, I'm nobody. I'm not anyone impre impressive. Now, this follows on from earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, because they were all going around saying, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos. Paul's my favorite teacher. Apollos, oh no, my favorite apostle. Apollos is my favorite teacher. What were, in other words, what were they doing? Okay, which, which, which is what? Let's, look, let's explore this a bit further. What, what were they doing? You'll find there's an amazing flow. It goes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 2, 3, 4. It goes all the way through. Oh, actually, just before, we, before I say that, look quickly at 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Let me open this one up. Hold on. No? Are we in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians? We are in 1. No, I want chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. That's why. No? Hold on. I've lost where I'm going. Anyway, don't worry. I was going to show you something, but I've kind of lost the verse that I was looking for. But that's fun. There it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. <laughs> I was like, am I in the wrong book or what's going on here? <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. Anyone ever heard this passage before? For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness. This is the great apostle Paul. I was with you in weakness in fear and much trembling. Does that sound like a man who's impressed with himself and blowing his trumpet and wants everybody to look at him as he walks in the building? Doesn't sound like a man like that at all. Okay? And I was with you in weakness and fear, and I'm going to say some points about this in a moment, in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. I know a lot of people, oh, yes, we want that. Lord, make my ministry like that. I want the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Why do you want it? Because I want a big ministry. There, there's your problem. See, the, this passage about he came in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power is in context of a couple of chapters. And we're going to look at some things quickly. And the heart of these chapters is you don't get that if all you're doing is exalting flesh and being impressed with man. Paul captured something very powerful. Paul realized this. The more the focus is on me, the less the manifestation of the Spirit. The more I'm trying to impress people with me and what I can do and how great my talent is, the less demonstration of the Spirit and power. Paul realized this. He says, if I'm, not, if, if I'm there just trying to impress them with God and I'm in weakness and in fear, what, what did he say? In, in, I'll read this one to you. 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 12, I think. It was 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Let me find the reference. 
in the passage about his thorn in the flesh. I just want to read, sorry? I'm trying to find the one quote out of it and I've, I've, I've uh, lost it. 12, 2 Corinthians 12, 7, okay. 12, okay. He says this. Now, this is a book later. But notice, notice 1 Corinthians chapter, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. This is something God said to Paul. God spoke this to Paul, yeah? And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength, how, how many of you would rather have God's strength operating through you? How many of you know my strength limited? I would far rather walk in the strength of God in my own life and in ministry. Now, this is something God spoke to Paul. He said, my strength, is made so what happens to god's strength made perfect that sounds pretty good doesn't it do you want god's strength in your life to be made perfect i do for my strength is made perfect where in the more you blow your own trumpet in the more you show people how impressive you are as a preacher in the more you draw attention to yourself no, my strength is made perfect in what kind of environment? In weakness. Now, connect that. What did Paul say? I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And right after that comes the demonstration of the spirit and the power through him. Do you think there's a connection? There's a big connection. Paul's whole attitude, his whole mentality... And I'm going to show you some things about him now, is why he had that kind of demonstration of the Spirit flowing through his life. And he, he shows us in 1 Corinthians 3, sorry, 1, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapters 1, 2, and 3, he, he explains to us why. He starts off by showing, they were all running around saying, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas. In other words, what were they doing? They were all looking at man. They were impressed with man. Their focus was on man. Well, yeah, but he's a preacher. Yes, but you're still looking at the person all the time. Then he comes to the statement that, I, that, I, that we read. He finally comes back and says, who is Paul anyway? Who's Apollos? See, there's a flow of thought here through his chapters. We, we often, we need to connect them. He's trying to teach them in these passages, the more you have your focus on flesh, the less you'll have of the manifestation of the Spirit. The more your focus is on people, how talented I am. Let's lift up people and let's lift, lift up people's talents in church. Now, here's an interesting thought. Have we seen an increase of that in recent years? Wow. So we've seen an increase of, oh, look at the people, look at the person, and we've seen a decrease of the manifestation of the flow of the Spirit. I wonder if that is a connection. We've become more and more people 
impressed with talent, focused as a body of Christ. There's that aspect too. We covered that a moment ago. There's certain there's more control, but but this is another aspect. This is another part of it. We 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 we've moved away from. I remember growing up. People came to church, they didn't care whether you, whether you played three chords wrong and sang out of tune. As long as you had a heart for God, you could worship from the front. They didn't care. Were you there? I grew up in church. They really didn't care. We didn't need 75 verses for all of our songs because it's, it sounds as good as a song in the world. All they wanted was let's just worship. But now it's all become about, we've got to all be polished up. Again, I don't even pro- be polished up, but if you're trying to draw attention to us, you'll find the manifestation of the Spirit is less. If it's all about how good we are, and our talent, and our ability, and how well I can preach, Paul captured something. You'll find it in these chapters. And in the heart of this man, This is the same guy who walked in other places. In other places, you don't have to look these up. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9, he says, I, he's talking about himself, and I am the least of the apostles. That's what Paul said. I'm the least of the apostles. What does least mean? Least means you're all the way down the bottom, aren't you? Here's something else Paul said about himself. Ephesians chapter 3, just write this down, you don't have to look there right now. But verse 9, he says, To me, who am less than the least of all the saints. Now now, now he's gone from being the least of the apostles, now he puts himself all at the bottom of the list of all the saints. That's all of us. Do you think there's a connection between that attitude in Paul and why the Spirit of God was able to use him the way he did? Was Paul trying to impress people with himself? Now, again, let me say some things. I'm going to say them. I understand that quite a few years ago, people did not know how to respect the anointing. They didn't know how to respect the ministry. They didn't know how to respect the people that God was using. So we got into the place where we started calling people there by titles, reverend, pastor. But we went way past reasonable on that, and we got to the stage where now that is a title where it puts you up on a pedestal. And we we look up to you now. It's become a great position. That's why I I tell people, don't call me pastor, don't call me reverend, just call me Owen. I don't want people, I, I really care, I'm not here for a title. But this is part of how the church is, a lot of places, people have gotten to the place where it's always looking at the person. Lifting up the person. I don't get that impression from the Apostle Paul. I get the impression he, he didn't mind them seeing his weak. I'm, I'm with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. You know, the only thing I want is a demonstration of the spirit of power. And that's why he says, I'm the least... You know, if Paul had said that to a lot of Christians these days, they would say, oh, no, Paul, you mustn't put yourself down like that. You know, you've got to speak positive. Don't, don't say you're the least in Christ. That's a bad confession, Paul. 
have you got self-image problems here? We, we do a motivational self-image course in our church too. You, we, can, we, we can motivate you, Paul. Am I mocking? Yes, I am. But, but I'm trying to make, I am trying to make a point. He didn't have self-image problems. He had, a very, he had a righteousness mentality. He understood the righteousness of God in his life. But he also understood the power of humility. I'm, I've got to watch my time because I know we're using... I'm going to, I'm going to have to finish soon. And I've, I've only just got into the introduction. Okay? Let me jump down to some things the way I want to get. So that was, that was 1 Corinthians chapter 3 we were in. We read verse 5, yeah? And he says, who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed. As the Lord gave. Notice that phrase. As the Lord gave. As, as who gave? Where is he giving his credit? I'm just a servant. And, and, and I just, I'm as a minister according to what the Lord gave to me. This is the same man who walked around and talked about according to the grace of God in my life. What's he always focusing on? What I can do? My talent? Blow my trumpet? Impressed? Did he want everyone impressed with him? No. He was always diverting the attention off him onto the Lord. It's according to what the Lord's given me. It's by the grace of the Lord. Okay? That's verse 5. Let's go to verse 6. I planted... Apollos watered. And because we were both such good planters and waterers, it increased. Because we did all kinds of marketing courses and we were able to make it increase. I'm mocking a little bit, but, but you know, if you want to do a marketing course, go and do a marketing. I don't have a problem with that. But was he focusing on what he was able to do to make it increase? Or is this the heart of a man says, it only increased because God increased? Is it because of how good his preaching was when he planted? No. Then verse 7. So, so then, neither he who plants is anything. Connect that with what he just said in verse 6. Who planted? I planted. Apollos watered. Then he says, neither he who plants is anything. Well, who planted? He's talking about himself here. I planted is the person who planted Anything impressive? No. He planted nothing. Nor is he who watered. Well, who watered? Apollos, in this instance. But he's making this statement right after saying, I, I planted, Apollos watered. But what's he saying? Neither of us say anything. I'm not trying to get you impressed with me. And then he says, but God who gives the increase. And then he goes on. We could go on with more of this. I want to finish this up. I'm skipping some things here. Now let's go to let, let, let's go to one Corinthians chapter one. You could read some of the. You could read all the way from verse twelve is where he talks about the one I quoted just now. Where everyone was, I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Christ. What, what were the Corinthians focusing on? People, man. Now, 
The Corinthians, Paul, I think it's two chapters later, he called them carnal. And, and he says they were carnal, and then he talks about how was there strife and division amongst them. But actually, those are not the only characteristics of why they were carnal. They were also carnal because they were always focused on man all the time. Impressed by man's ability. And the size of his ministry, and the size of her ministry, and how good, how good they play. Yeah? Verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise... What's the next few words? In the world's eyes, is your translation. My, my translation is according to the flesh. Not many wise according to the flesh. Now, if you put that in context of the surrounding chapters, you realize this is actually what he's talking about. He's talking about how we're impressed with things of the flesh in people. And we lift that up. Like I said, we used to be able to go to church and just enjoy the presence of God. Now, if the music doesn't have quite the right beat, we'll go to another church. <laughs> and if that drum player is not the best drum player they've had, you know, they've got a better drum player down the road. I'll go there instead. If that's your reason for moving, something's wrong. You're moving for the wrong reason. And I'd say it mockingly, to a degree. <laughs> but I'm saying, we have gotten to the stage where we are very man-focused, flesh-focused. We're impressed with, with, with certain things we see and how it's done. This is what these chapters are all about. Now let's go down to verse 29. After all of this and the surrounding chapters, you'll find this is a major theme of all these chapters. Verse 29 says this, that no flesh, how much flesh? How much flesh? No flesh should glory, what, is it, what, what, what does he mean glory there? Boast. What is it when flesh boasts? Well, when flesh boasts, flesh is, look at me. Look at how many books I've written. Look how much I've done. Look how much I've achieved. Look, look at, look at, look at how, how good a musician I am. I built this church. I did it. I worked hard. I prayed all night, and I, I, I. There's your problem. Don't, don't we do that? We try to impress people with how spiritual we are. I prayed all night. Well, that's nice. Did you really need to boast about it? Because if you're boasting about it, then personally, I think you probably spent the whole night praying in the flesh. And just got tired. <laughs> because he says, no flesh should boast. Well, no flesh should boast where? Read the rest of the phrase. Before him, my translation says, in his presence. And in fact, the word before is the same word that's translated elsewhere. It means before the face of God, which means in his presence. 
There, right there is the central key. And this is just a couple of verses before he said, I came in demonstration of the spirit and power. No flesh. And then he repeats it in verse, uh, no, actually, no, he doesn't. I've just got it. I've just, I've just pasted it twice since my notes. <laughs> I thought it was repeated. <clears throat> How much flesh should glory in his presence? That tells me this. The more glory in we doing in flesh, the less of his presence we will have. The more we focusing on man, people, talent, skills, what you did, what you accomplished. Does your flesh like attention? We want people to be impressed with us. But actually, I, I, I've realized Paul was trying to stop people being impressed by him. Because he realized this, that, that if he can divert the attention of him and onto God and, and, and not be all about how good a preacher he was, he realized this, I'll have more demonstration of the Spirit, more move and flow of the Spirit. The Spirit will manifest more in that kind of environment. The Spirit does not manifest either at all or much in an environment where it's always looking at people. If we want to have more of the flow and the move of the Holy Spirit, we need to stop looking at people as much as we do. We need to really, we, we, the body of Christ needs to change in this area. We need some adjustments. Well, whenever change is necessary, necessary where, where does the change start? I can't, we can't stop. If other people are going to do it, they're going to do it. But we, we can individually say, I want to stop looking at people, how good they are, being impressed with them. I don't really care. All I want is the presence of God and the flow and the move of the Spirit. And if, if getting that flowing means I've got to stop being impressed with man all the time in church, then we need to stop being impressed with man all the time. Amen? Hallelujah. So that's what I've got in my heart. I'm also I'm trying to be good with the time now because we're using another building. I did say no, I don't So praise God. Let's just let's just close and pray. Hallelujah. Father, we just worship you. Lord, we honor you. Lord, we magnify you. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father God, for the word of God. And Lord, I pray that your word will have an effect in people's lives, the word that they've heard, Lord. Help us to begin to say, we want more of that move of the Spirit. And if, it's got, if it means there's got to be some changes and some adjustments in the way we're viewing things as the body of Christ. And, and there's things that we've done that have blocked the flow. There's things that we have done. And... and, and we're not going to point fingers at specifics. That's why I'm talking in general terms. But Lord, we want to make decisions ourselves to stop doing those things that are putting bricks and blocks in the, in the, in the, in the way of the flow of the Spirit. Because we want more of your Spirit. We want more of your Spirit manifesting. We're hungry. We are hungry for a mighty move of God. We're hungry. But Lord God, I don't believe we're going to get a mighty move of God in an environment where it's all about flesh. And where it's all about being impressed with people. We've got to take our eyes off that. And we've got to stop trying to control and stop trying to shut down. 
and stop being afraid of, of stepping into the flow of the Spirit. And we need to just trust that the Spirit of God is able to do what He wants to get done if we start to focus on Him and let Him do what He wants to do. And yes, we train and yes, we teach people, but nowhere did the Bible say shut it down. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, bless you all. I hope you got something out of that. Trust you got something, got something out of the word tonight. And no, 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 no. That is exactly what I just preached on. We, we are not here to clap. People say I'm clapping for the Lord. Well, then go, go home and clap for the Lord. Not right at the end of my message. This is, this is part of the problem. And it's not a criticism. And I understand everyone just did that automatically. But, um, but, um, no, oh, what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, we do these meetings. These are monthly. So we keep these going. Amen. And we never, different things, different times. Um, every, every meeting different. Amen. So, so let people know about these and, and sorry. Where am I next week? Next week I'm up in Warrington. So, so bless you all. Thank you. You should be able to just press stop on that. That's oh.